welcome to Funny Parents. I am Pat. And I am Mary. And we are so happy that you are here listening in your earbuds or in your car or anywhere that you are. And it is just about a week since we launched this podcast. And first thing we want to do is say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has listened. Uh, it's been really gratifying to hear back from people, especially people, sometimes people don't have kids. And you're listening anyway, and that's really exciting. And to everyone who has uh, shared it on, that has been so exciting. And if you have listened so far, all we ask is that maybe you rate and review us a little bit on the iTunes. Exactly. That's how folks find podcasts we're learning on iTunes and whatever your podcast uh, subscription device is. Uh, the more uh, the more reviews, the more ratings, the easier it is to find. So if you like this, you want other people to know about it, rate the show. Review it. Say words. Um, but speaking of words, we have two great, great storytellers uh, bringing to you tonight. A little bit later, you're going to hear from the wonderful Michelle Walson, who is one of the founding producers of The Risk Podcast. And if you don't know Risk, you should. Yes, you should. We'll... Put a link there yes. or something on our website. And before we hear from Michelle, we're going to hear from our friend Dave Koenig. Now, if you have a television, you have seen Dave's face many, many, many times. He has been on Blacklist, Blue Bloods. Uh, Nurse Jackie. The Americans. Uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, yes, exactly. And, he, and all sorts of commercials, too. He is a dad to two kids, uh, and he shared this wonderful story that you're about to hear about going on a field trip. Please note that this story was actually told live. Yes. So the sound may seem different than some of the episodes, but we did a couple of live shows at QED in Astoria, Queens, New York. And uh, this was one of our, Dave was one of our first performers. Have a listen. Uh, when I was asked to do this show, I was a little bit nervous because um, I have awesome kids. Um, they're, they're fantastic. And, and I love being around them and I love being with them. And, and so everything's funny, um, but I don't know that it makes for great stories. Um, you know, what, what am I going to tell you? You know, I'll, I'll tell you my son's favorite joke. Ready? Watch this. It'll be really funny. And that's part of the joke, by the way. <laughs> He's four. Um, watch this. It'll be really funny. Gava City, Gava City, Gava City, but... He wrote that. Um, or the time like uh, when, my, when my daughter was tiny, like two, three years old, um, uh, she was referring to the parts on her chest. And I said, oh, oh, what are those? And she said, stumbles. And it, and it took me a little while to realize that she somehow associated them with the shape of symbols and called them stumbles. I know I know this is going to be a podcast but I'm clutching my heart. Yeah. So so my kids are awesome. If you're not my child, not so much. <laughs> and it's not like I don't like other kids. They're fine. It's just there's a line. Case in point. 
I chaperone my daughter's trip. It was a uh, field trip. It's school to go to the Liberty Science Center. The Liberty Science Center is a fantastic facility that everyone should visit because they've got lots of stuff for kids to see and learn from and, and touch and, and climb on and all that good stuff. And I was happy to do it. They needed somebody to do, uh, go on the trip who was a, a guy so that he can take the boys to the bathroom. And I was like, that'll be my only job. Awesome. I get to go to the museum for free. I'll hang out with my daughter, and it'll be great. And, and, and I remember when I was a kid, when my mom came on a field trip, it was like a, a celebrity came on the field trip with us. It was like, did you, see, did you meet my friend, my mom? Remember? See, how, see how cool she is? See, so I figured it would be just like that. Um, and uh, we live in a school system where the kids get dropped off or they walk. There's no buses. So for them, being on a bus was, was really exciting. What I learned is that if you are in second grade and you don't get to go on the bus every day, when you do get to go on a bus, passing by everything you see every day on a normal basis becomes unbelievably exciting. <laughs> the drugstore! The sign on the street! Uh, it was a, it was one of those allergy days. So there was a little boy uh, sitting uh, in a seat next to us where uh, I was sitting, and 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 the poor kid just got decimated by by allergies. And and uh, my daughter's teacher gave me a stack of tissues, and I don't know if that was just prescient forethought or uh, revenge for something I had done in a previous life. But I was in charge of the tissues, and I happened to be sitting near this kid, and. When I have allergies, it's 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 frustrating. It's annoying. You know, it's you get stuffy and stuff like that. But this kid turned into a faucet. I felt terrible for him, so I gave him tissues, and he would wipe his nose and then do this. Now, if you're listening to this right now, you don't know what I just did, but picture a eight-year-old boy just sticking his hand out with the goopiest tissue you've ever seen in my face. And I'm like, you are not my child. <laughs> and I had to come up with like a jerry-rigged system for containing said tissue with many other tissues and kept it like under my foot so as not to contaminate the entire bus. Now, once we got to the Liberty Science Center, the big goal for these kids was to learn a little bit more about the Titanic. So, uh, which, of course, is the eight-year-old's uh, perfect uh, subject that they get excited about. Um, so I was all for it. They seemed to be pretty excited about it, and, and we, we got into this exhibit. Now, mind you, Celebrity Dave, um, who was so excited to just be the bathroom guy, was put in charge of six children, including my daughter, and, and told to keep an eye on these kids, which was sort of like going to Florida and trying to catch all of the salamanders. <laughs> and some of them were a little harder to deal with than others, including this one child, I won't even name uh, the gender of this child, who managed to piss me off to no end. Um, throughout the day, not listening. No, no, stay, no, get off, come over here. No, no, stay, stay, you got to stay. If I... Come, you know, and I am losing my mind with this one child times six divided by two because they weren't all that bad, something like that. Anyway, so we went into this uh, Titanic exhibit, and each of them was given a ticket. 
And each one of the tickets had a very specific name on it. You go through all the stuff. You see real stuff that was on the Titanic. They thought it was so cool. There was like old money and there was a shirt. And, <laughs> and, and they get to touch an iceberg. And it is really, really fascinating to do. And at the very end of this part of the exhibit at this museum, there's a wall. And on that wall, divided into different uh, categories, first, second, third class crew, are the names of all the people on the Titanic, those who survived and those who didn't. And those tickets had names that matched the names on the wall. And what they needed to do was find the person on their ticket on the wall. Now, first, of course, I'm thinking about my daughter, and I'm thinking, oh, please, don't be dead. Because <laughs> I didn't know how to deal with the, the sadness that might come from that. Uh, thankfully, her person lived. Good. <laughs> I was relieved. I was okay. <laughs> then child who bothered me came over and said, what about this person? And for whatever reason, I turned and said, no, you're dead. And I felt bad about it. <laughs> Until I remembered all those moments weren't... And my overriding feeling that you are not my child. <laughs> I'm allowed to let you go. <laughs> I, I still do feel bad about this, but... <clears throat> when you're on a bus, a rather ship-like bus, with people screaming at either side of you, heading towards doom, <laughs> on a bus I will call the Titanic, <laughs> it's every man for himself. <laughs> and that is my story of the Titanic. trips we'll all go down together <laughs> and we will all go down together is that billy joel yeah. yes it is. oh yes. wow the long island girl didn't know billy joel no i knew i was just testing you um but no i did actually dave's story makes me think of going on uh our son's first field trip last year last year he was in kindergarten and uh, he goes into a very field trip heavy school uh, last year, I think he took something like 14 field trips. Like but on his first one, he was so excited because he got to go on a bus because he doesn't normally get to go on the bus. Yeah, and I, bus. It was super exciting. And I got to sit with him. And uh, I was pretty pumped to be there. And uh, that feeling did not last long as we, the bus got lost in the Bronx. And then one of the kids had to go to the bathroom. So then we had to pull over again to find a Dunkin' Donuts so that the kid can go to the potty. And then the bus driver missed the turn off to get us to our destination. So we only got about like 47 minutes at said field trip. But it was fun anyway. Okay, now we are going to hear from our friend Michelle Walson. Uh, like Mary mentioned before, Michelle's a founding producer on the Risk podcast, uh, which means that she and I have both spent a lot of time working with Kevin Allison. I spent a good year on the other side of a wall from Kevin, uh, just listening to him laugh kind of all day long. That was the nature of his job, was to sit and watch videos and laugh at people. And uh, I have a really good Kevin Allison laugh impersonation. And... 
if you haven't listened to Risk, you're like, what are you talking about? Go listen. He has a very awesome laugh. Um, but Michelle <laughs> is a wonderful uh, writer, story editor, filmmaker. And I can tell you, she actually worked with me as a story coach when I did uh, a live Risk show in the Risk podcast. And she brought wonderful things out of my story. And she is a mom to a sweet little boy. And she is going to tell us a story about... Every parent's favorite friend, television. And the first day of school. And television. Sure. Well, like you said, I have a little boy named James, and he's two and a half now. And yeah, I was glad that you said it so I didn't have to, but he is the cutest little thing. And I love him <laughs> to pieces. And um, about a year ago, when he was 18 months, we signed him up for a preschool class two mornings a week that would start in the fall when he was two. And, um, you know, I always loved school growing up, and I thought he would too, but my mom thought we were crazy. She just kept saying, he's just a baby, why are you sending him to school already? And I said, you know, he's a baby now, but he'll be two when school starts, and it'll be good for him to be with other kids. And then she reminded me that I didn't go to school till I was four, and I turned out fine. And I reminded her that she let me watch TV 24-7 and drink Tang like it was water, and we let it go. <laughs> um, but moms have this way of getting into your head, and so as the first day of school approached, I started to worry that maybe she was right, and maybe he was too young for school, maybe he wasn't ready. And... Uh, so that first day, I was super nervous about dropping him off, and I made my husband Jeff go into work late so that he could come with us. <laughs> and um, James is tall for his age, but he looked so teeny that day, wearing this backpack that was half his size. And <laughs> it only had a snack and a water bottle and his little froggy lovey in it, but it looked like it could take him over. And we walked him into his classroom, and he just stood there wide-eyed, kind of taking everything in. And the teachers encouraged us to keep our goodbyes short and sweet. So we put his stuff away in his cubby and knelt down. And I just said, okay, you know, Mommy and Daddy have to go now, sweetheart. You have fun at school. And we gave him a quick hug and a kiss, and then we were out the door. And before we knew it, we're, I'm just standing there on the sidewalk, and I turned to Jeff, and I said, wow, that was way easier than I thought it was going to be. And he's like, I know, I thought he was going to totally freak out. And I was like, me too, but he didn't. Like, unbelievable, no tears at all. And we just walked to the corner coffee shop and celebrated with jelly donuts and just patted ourselves <laughs> on the back for having such an awesome kid and being such <laughs> awesome parents. We're like, yes, we are killing it. <laughs> And, um, and that night, his teacher emailed us a picture of James from his first day. And in the picture, he's pushing a baby doll in a stroller while wearing a toy th stethoscope around his neck. And I texted to my mom with the message, like, look who loved his first day of school, future pediatrician, question <laughs> mark. And, uh, and I went to fed bed feeling great about my parenting choices. And... Um, and so next week, I'm, you know, school, the school day comes around. He just goes Tuesday and Thursday mornings. And, um, and I'm like, this is fine. You know, we know the drill. So I pack his snack, his water cup, his froggy. I walk him into the classroom, put his stuff in his cubby and kneel down to say goodbye. And I said, okay, you know, mommy has to go now, sweet, now, sweetheart. You have fun at school. And he, his face just falls to pieces and he goes, but I don't want you to go. And I said, oh, no, sweetheart, you know, you're going to have so much fun. Look. Look, they have Play-Doh here. You love Play-Doh. And he does. He would play with Play-Doh 24-7 if we left, let him. 
But he doesn't care about the Play-Doh at all. And he just says, I want to play with mommy. I want to stay with you, mommy. And, you know, by this time, half the kids in his class are having similar meltdowns. And the teachers <laughs> are just silently staring daggers at us as if to say, you know, the longer you stay, the worse it's going to get. <laughs> and so... I force myself to give him a hug and a kiss, and I make myself walk out the door as he's crying, Mommy, I want my mommy. Oh. And uh, I feel horrible, and I walk to the coffee shop again, and this time I'm just numbing my feelings with a jelly donut. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what went wrong? He was fine on the first day. I thought we had this down. And I decided that it was like some kind of delayed reaction, like everything just happened too fast the first day. But now that he realized that, oh, you're gonna leave me here again with these kids and these teachers I barely know, he was he was not having it. And um, and I'm really distracted those whole three hours he's at school. I can't get anything done. And when I go to pick him up later, um, one of the other moms tells me about this book, and she says, oh, it's called Llama Llama Mrs. Mama. And, you know, she's like, yeah, it's great. It really helped Hannah. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. I'm totally going to check that out. So I run to Barnes and Noble and I buy the book. And that night at bedtime, we settle in for the tale of Llama Llama. And I'm, if your parents, I'm sure you know Llama Llama. The whole book is in rhyme. And it has lines like, hang the coat and say goodbye, Llama Llama feeling shy. Mama Llama goes away. Llama Llama has to stay. It's too much for little llama. Llama llama misses mama. And it, of course, uh, llama gets to like school by the end, but I read the book to James and he's just totally focused on the missing mama part. He's just oh. like, llama misses mama. He wants to be oh. with his mama. And I was like, yeah, but he, li he likes school. See how he likes school? And I read it to him a second time and he gets more worked up and then he just starts waving his arms around um, and saying, no school, no school, maybe later, which is his new phrase that he reserves for things he really hates, like getting his diaper changed or eating anything <laughs> other than raisins or cheddar bunnies. And I'm like, great, this is having the opposite effect that I want to. It's basically become like this PTSD trigger and cute llama ride. <laughs> And um, the next day he cries at drop off and at pickup. I go to pick him up and he bursts into tears. And his teachers reassure me and they're like, I promise you he has not been crying this whole time. He was fine 15 minutes after you left. But then I talked to one of my mom friends on the phone that night uh, who has a, a daughter his age in school. And she's like, yeah, that's what they always tell me about Liz too. But then I was just thinking, do they really all just magically stop crying after 50 minutes? 15 minutes or do they just tell us that to make us feel better? <laughs> and the next day at school, I'm panicked by this idea and I quarter, corner one of the teachers and I just say, you know, you would tell me if he cried all day, right? Like you would tell me because I can come and get him. I mean, I'm just working down the street at home. I can come and get him and I'm getting teary. And she's like, oh yeah, of course, of course. But I can tell she thinks I'm crazy. And, um, and I, you know, I imagine him crying just all day throughout the day, like, mommy, I want my mommy. And by then I want my mommy. And, and I call my mom and, you know, she does what moms do. She tries to make me feel better. And she repeats back to me everything I said to her. She's like, it's good for him to be around other kids. He's fine. He'll get used to it. But I know she's probably really thinking like, I told you he was too young. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> 
and uh, I have a doctor appointment in the city that day. So while he's at school, I, I head to my doctor and she has a kid a year older than James. And she's like, oh, there's this great book you got to try. Really worked for my daughter. And I was like, is it that Llama Llama book? Because we tried that and it totally backfired. And she says, no, no, this one has raccoons or something. <laughs> I, I write down the title and I, I go to the strand and I pick it up and I read it on my subway ride home. And uh, this book is about Chester Raccoon, and he doesn't want to go to school. He wants to stay home with his mother. Surprise, surprise. And uh, But Mrs. Raccoon teaches him a family secret. She takes his hand and she kisses it in the middle of his palm. And then she says, now, whenever you feel lonely and need a little love from home, just press your hand to your cheek and think, mommy loves you. Mommy loves you. And I start to tear up in the subway. <laughs> and by the end, when Chester kisses his mommy's hand and says, Chester loves you, Chester loves you, I'm full on bawling in the subway. But I'm also kind of excited because this book seems like it might work. It comes with this page of heart stickers and James is obsessed with stickers. And you're supposed to kiss the sticker and then put it on your kid's hand and so they can keep your love with them all day at school. And I'm all excited to try this the next morning. So I read him the book at bedtime and he seems to like it. And uh, the next morning I'm all ready, but we're running kind of late and I can't seem to find the page of heart stickers that he pulled out of the book and shoved somewhere. So I grab the only thing I can find, which is this Halloween spider sticker with six googly <laughs> eyes on it. <laughs> and, uh, and I kiss it and I make a big show of sticking it on his hand and saying, mommy loves you, but he's so distracted by the googly eyes that I can't tell if he's getting it. Um, but he definitely likes the sticker and we get to school and he's all excited to show it to his teacher. And I'm like, great, perfect. The sticker magic is working. But when I kneel down to say goodbye, he forgets all about the sticker and starts crying again and want, begging me to stay. Um, and I go home and I'm just discouraged. I'm like, nothing is working and I can't get any work done again. I feel terrible all day. Um, our babysitter picks him up and when they arrive home, I rush upstairs to see how his day went. And he seems fine, but I, when I ask him about school, he says, just very matter-of-factly, I don't want to go to school anymore. <gasps> and I was like, no, what do you mean? You know, school is fun. You know, you're gonna love school. And he's like, no. I don't want to go to school anymore. And I've never heard him say anymore before. It must be some new thing he picked up, probably at school. <laughs> but <laughs> but it really guts me that he's he's only been to school like three times and he's already saying he doesn't want to go anymore. And, I'm, and I just start t talking to our babysitter who's only 22, but she's wise behind her years, beyond her <laughs> years. And I always tell her all my problems. And I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I've totally screwed up. Like I've turned him against school and he's not barely two years old. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. I've tried everything, books, stickers. What am I supposed to do? Maybe I should just pull him out of school. I mean, maybe my mom was right. He is just a baby. He still uses a pacifier. I sent him too young and now he's going to have negative association with school for the rest of his life. And my babysitter just listens. And when I finish my rant, she says, um, you know, maybe he's just picking up on the fact that you're kind of stressed out about school. Oh. And I was like, what? No way. I'm stressed out because he's stressed out. But <laughs> I immediately know she's right. You know, just like my mom got in my head, I was getting into his head. 
<sighs> so I take a deep breath and I decide I need to chill out about this whole school thing. And luckily the weekend is coming up and we just have this low key weekend where I drop all our usual rules and we just go to the playground and eat ice cream and binge out on screen time. And we watch tons of James's favorite TV show, Daniel Tiger. And um, if you're a parent, you know Daniel, I'm sure. Uh, but if you're not, he's the cartoon heir to Mr. Rogers and he sings all these little songs to help kids deal with their emotions. And they totally get stuck in my head too. Like I find myself having a fight with Jeff and singing, when you feel so mad that you wanna roar, take a deep breath and count to four. And I was like, they should have Daniel Tiger for adults. But then I realized, yeah, they're called therapists. And um, anyway, so, you know, we have, this, we have this weekend and it's really nice. And the following Tuesday, I'm determined to not make a big deal about going to school. I don't read him any special books. I don't do any special sticker or voodoo. Uh, I just pack his snack and walk him into the classroom and I put his stuff away in the cubby and I kneel down to say goodbye and I say, okay, you know, mommy has to go now, sweetheart. And he looks at me and he just goes, mommy comes back. And I was like, what did you say? And he goes, mommy comes back and I'm like, Oh my God, yes, yes, mommy does come back. And I realize he's singing a song from Daniel Tiger that weekend when we binge watched, he, he must have seen this episode where Daniel goes to school and they have this song. And I was like, yes, yes, just like Daniel says, you know, grown ups come back, mommy comes back. And I'm just so excited. And he goes, yeah, mommy comes back. And he goes, okay. And he runs off to play with Play-Doh. And I was like, oh my God. My mom had it right. Like, you really should just let kids watch tons of TV. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was how I got over my separation anxiety. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. Oh, That's wow. amazing. That's fantastic. I love television. I really do. And actually, one year for my birthday, uh, Pat actually got me a 22-inch flat-screen TV, and this is when it was really cool to get a flat-screen TV. And I actually cried. That's how much I love television. You know, really, if Daniel Tiger doesn't cover it, you don't really need to know it. Well, I will, I will say no, because Daniel Tiger did not cover going to the dentist. Because I was trying to find That's that episode, right. and like I was looking to Daniel to help us out for the first de- <laughs> for the first dental visit, and it was not there. Uh, and we actually know writers on the show, so I hope yeah. you're listening. Yeah, dentist, dentist, dentist. Daniel. And I can tell you, Daniel Tiger has profoundly been part of our parenting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you when get you get song. that that feeling, stop and go run away, flush and wash, and be on your way. Right. That's it. I mean, I could sing so many of them. So Hold many. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, if you enjoyed this, hit that subscribe button, share it on, uh, post a review. And you can follow us on Twitter at Funny Parents Pod. Or find us on Facebook at Funny Parents. Uh, we would love to hear from you if you too love Daniel Tiger and or television or have a field <laughs> trip story that you would like to share. Please come and share it with us. We want to hear from you guys. Um, Thanks so much for listening and we will be back in your ears pretty soon. 